Hello, you have found yourself at Mozart's Late at the Lake Meet the Artist series, and we're so glad you're here. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. If you didn't know this was on YouTube, be sure to head on over and subscribe to all of our free Late at the Lake content. This Meet the Artist series features Late at the Lake regulars giving a short interview and an intimate performance of some of their original work. If you're unfamiliar, Mozart's Late at the Lake is a Tuesday open mic variety show performance opportunity where local comedians, poets, songwriters, and musicians come to share the stage and their talents with the local arts community and abroad. Every event is recorded and archived on our Patreon page, Late at the Lake. If you'd like to support the production team, wish you could be there every week to listen, or are a performer who would like to share your performance with friends and family, go visit our Patreon page and find out more how you can get involved. Special thanks to the Mozart's board for seating this effort, Anthony Corsaro, our sound engineer, and to every lovely human in who is some way contributing to their local indie arts community, especially here in Austin. I am your host, Chloe Yancey, and we're about to meet the artist. Today's interview is with Grant Cowan, aka Bed Fashion, recorded on March 1st, 2022, here at the affiliate Mozart Studios in Austin, Texas. With your Mozart's mug. Cheers. This episode brought to you by Mozart's Coffee Roasters on Lake Austin Boulevard. This is a... What do I say? It's a... It's not a spin-off like a sitcom, but it's an affiliate series that we're doing of artist interviews to kind of give a little more time than what we would experience at the Late at the Lake, which is the only thing we record right now. Maybe <laughs> one day we'll expand to, you know, a full set and have that be a big deal. Or an actual sitcom, if we decided to write The Mozart one. sitcom. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, there can be some drama that happens at restaurants, so there might be that's true. That's true. Yeah, I've always wondered if I if I could carry if I had the warmth and the the emotional charm to carry a sitcom. And if not, like as a lead, maybe as like a, a zany uncle. I think I could do zany uncle. Right now, you're kind of channeling like yoga instructor. <laughs> or yeah, it's 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 three a.m. right now. And, three a.m. Uh, in Australia. <laughs> and uh, and I'm here with with uh, Chloe. That's me. And you're going to ask me some questions? I am. Yeah. What else do you want to Well, I want to know why your name is Grant Cowan, which has a strong stage appeal in and of itself, and you changed it to bed fashion. Yeah. Um, you can thank my parents for naming me Grant Cowan. It is a strong name. Um, Grant's actually not my, my first name. Grant's my middle name. My first name is, is Richard. Um, but that seems almost a little too strong. And starting out in music, wanted to give other people a chance because Richard Cowan is a little bit too powerful wow. than Grant. Um, why I changed it to Bed Fashion, I've been doing music as Grant Cowan for maybe about four or five years and hadn't really seen a lot of growth under that name. And then during the pandemic, I uh, realized I needed to kind of focus more on pushing my music digitally and recorded um, music in a very different style than my original stuff, which is still on Spotify. You can still find Grant Cowan stuff on Spotify, and I'm not going to tell you how to spell Cowan. That's on you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I realized that uh, I wanted to give these new tunes a chance and separate them from my, my previous work. Uh, so coming up with a name or a new name was essential. How I ended up with Bed Fashion, uh, that was a little bit more interesting. I wanted to go with something that could be recognizable easily. I wouldn't have to repeat um, constantly at a show or at a gig, uh, I could, uh, write it on a sign 
and people could see exactly what it was because it was written on the sign, which you could argue could be done for most any name. But with bed fashion, I really liked the way it looked. And I'd come up with a list of different names that I thought I might go by. And what I really did was I kind of I kind of pulled around uh, a bunch of younger younger people and, and seeing what they like. And there was a group of 21 year old girls. You had a focus group. Yeah. Women. Yeah. It's important. It's important because you want to be able to connect with people uh, and you want the idea to come from yourself, you know, but of all those ideas, you want the winner to be one that resonates with, with uh, a majority of the people who are going to be listening to your music. And this group of 21 year old girls, I remember asking them, uh, what do you think of bed fashion? Uh, two words, bed, uh, one word, fashion one word separated both capitalized and their leader the leader of this 21 year old uh girl group said i don't like it but if it was uh all one word in lowercase i would listen to it then and i said that works for me i think i could i think i could do that the actual like name bed fashion came from very very long ago an ex-girlfriend of mine uh had a friend who had talked about only doing shows from her bedroom as kind of a joke and I like the idea of just not having to dress up nice to perform the music that you love. Interesting. Yeah. So I've heard you make the pun-based joke at gigs, like bed is in bad fashion or something along those lines. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bed like where you sleep and not bad fashion. And then I say that's how I, what, like how I dress. That's what it is. Yeah. There's the shtick. Well, it's, dress. it's it's a little bit, I think it just speaks to elements of myself rooted in my childhood from low self-esteem, you know, where I never knew what was really in or hip fashion wise. And so I feel like if at a show, I can preface to my audience that I don't consider myself to be an expert on fashion. So please don't be too harsh with me in the way that I dress and also help them figure out the correct spelling of my artist name at the same time. And it kind of works both ways. Two birds, one stone. Well, it leads me to my next question, which is that part of your successful rebranding of yourself from the artist forgetfully known as Grant Cowan, apparently, to bed fashion is the shoes. Yeah. Um, I don't and know. And the tiger. Are these, are these coming up? I almost brought the tiger. I don't know if the shoes are on, on camera, but They're, I don't know. I, on your, which, which song did you just release? It's the cover to the single, um... Lalo. Lalo has green shoes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I very first show I ever played growing up, um, I would ask my mom, I said, Hey, can I get green Converse? And she said, no, you can't get green Converse. They're terrible for you. They don't support your arch. You'll never be able to run <laughs> a seven minute, 30 mile in green Converse. Um, which is not true. Um, I've never been able to run a seven minute, 30 mile in anything. <laughs> um, but uh, the very first show I played back in Athens, Georgia, when I was about 18, 19 years old, uh, I said, I want to do something special for this. This is a big deal for me. I'm going to find some green Converse and wear some green Converse. To stick it to your upbringing. Yeah, exactly. And just, to, yeah, I, th I think for myself at the time, it was a showing of independence. But I genuinely, I like them. Green's my favorite color. Uh, I think they make me look cool. Uh, I feel taller in them, impossibly, but I do, which confidence does that to a person. Uh, as for the tiger, that tiger, I think I got it when I was like three years old as a kid, and I've moved around a lot. Uh, never been, I want to say, the same like 
spot since college for more than like a, a two years or so, mm-hmm. uh, which can be stressful. But one of the things I always bring with me and unpack first is that tiger. Uh, Does that have a name? Tiggy, because three-year-old Grant was just as creative as uh, 29-year-old Grant. And uh, I, uh, I, I think I, I like it so much because it reminds me of a piece of myself from way back when that really the biggest concern was making sure something unprotect, you know, something that couldn't protect itself, like a stuffed, stuffed tiger, uh, could be protected by me. And I think that gave me a little bit of security and confidence just growing up and keeping this thing in my bedroom. It's more like I need to feel like there's something there I'm watching over. That's awesome. Yeah. We had one, I've had one that was a bear that there's like pictures of me as I've gotten older. It's like a, its own measuring stick because the bear never changes size, but I get progressively more and more dominant over it. And now it sits above my computer cabinet, my bedroom home back in Virginia. That's really sweet. I, when you first, when you said measuring stick, I thought you meant like you can use it to like cut butter, you know, or like (laughs) measure butter. Really focus those paws down the lukewarm room temperature. I like that. So you, you get, you get it. You get it. I do. Yeah. I think I can relate as an artist and going back to childhood so much, I think without getting off topic, because this conversation's about you, mm. the kind of like nostalgic creative pool of that innocence of your childhood and seeing yourself from that new perspective, you're always getting older. Mm-hmm. Every glance back is a new perspective on yourself. And I've, are there any of the songs have you written? Uh, either in the past that are under Grant Cohen or down the line with future projects? Are you visiting any of those kind of Green Converse, Tyge yeah, era I think, memories? I think so in a way. And I think it's more just trying to write music that more and more feels more organically like something that I would have wanted to listen to or that I want to listen to because I feel like that in itself can just be powerful enough as a songwriter. Um, I feel like so many songwriters look um, for audiences to elevate their music for them, or they look toward audiences to like give them positive feedback, and that they need the audience to elevate their music. When I think uh, the like kind of burden of the songwriter is to provide, you know, write music that elevates the audience, not the audience elevating your own songs. Yeah. And so my philosophy when writing music is, I want to write something that. As a listener, when I was younger, as a, as a younger individual, I would have wanted to hear something that would have made me feel that somebody else understood what I liked, mm. would have made me feel less alone listening to it. Uh, and that's kind of my mindset now when uh, writing tunes is, you know, I, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm one of a kind, but there's 7 billion plus people in the world. And I'm sure other people have similar taste like me. And I want to give them something that's uniquely me uh, and uniquely for them at the same time. It's to me, it sounds like what you said, people write to be elevated by their listener. That's Mm -hmm. almost like that natural impulse to always be externally validated. Right. But in this case, you're, you're validating others with their sense of taste. You said it perfectly. Yeah. I see you. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, Real real quick, because I don't know if if anyone can tell from, from my voice, I'm a little sick. If I, if I sneeze. Um, I think you have 
We have editing abilities to okay. make it not as aggressive on camera or on the microphone as if no, you need to sneeze. Yeah. Take I that think, liberty. I think you should replace it with something goofy. Yeah, like I've already thought about it. When we get people that cuss, there's going to be like horseshoe, horseshoe. What are those? Blow, blow horn sounds. Air, air horns? Air horns. <laughs> okay. And, and air horn blow sneeze shoe. might be more obnoxious than the sneeze itself. <laughs> hopefully, it, hopefully it won't happen. Uh, hopefully no sneezing. Well, I've been it. over here like swallowing really quietly because all of a sudden my mouth got really dry. Mm. And I hate that on podcasts where you can hear them. Oh my gosh. So, but, and you just did it. Oh, well, I'm going to edit it. that out. <laughs> no, you should keep it up. Or just minimize it so it's not so loud. <laughs> um, that's a nice segue though into one of my questions, which is what's a... And I'm trying to be as not cliche as possible. But let's be honest, as songwriters, there's only so many questions we get asked, mm-hmm. right? So if this goes into some more organic that's the goal but um kind of it's already been organic but what's a project or a song that you're most proud of like you feel like it's the most well-rounded representation of what you have to offer as an artist as a whole keeping in mind that we're always growing sure it's gonna yeah that's a lot i i think i only have three songs out currently um at the time of this as bed fashion as bed fashion so you wouldn't even include things that you've done under your your legal moniker of grant cowan yeah under my christian name uh and i i, I am considering those but i would i and, and i am proud of those songs but as you mentioned we're always growing and my attention now is i am very excited about the stuff that i've put out and the transition between my old music and the newer stuff that i've re- released and so a song I'd say that I am very proud of would be the first one I did, um, which is Anime Dream Queen, which is such a goofy title. And there it's has such to be a, a me good story title. behind that. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is one. Um, you don't have to tell us. I'll, I'll, I'll happily share it um, momentarily. Are you um, playing for it for us tonight? Are you playing that one? Uh, I could I could perform that one tonight. I'm hoping my, my voice holds up with this cold. Uh, I was thinking I might play one that I haven't released yet. Oh, cool. Um, just for fun. Uh, for all of y'all, but I, the reason why I think I, I enjoy that song so much is it was a full, um, shift and a full dive into a, a style of music that I had always wanted to write in, uh, and very different from my, from my older stuff stylistically. While I still think, I believe it kept my, my lyrical, like my lyrical t- a touch and, uh, the quirkiness that I like to throw in my songs because, I don't know. I feel like so many songs and that really good songs have such serious lyrics. And sure. I'm guilty. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. And songs can I I believe that songs can have quirky lyrics and still talk about serious things or or feel serious things and uh Anime Dream Queen was just uh a little bit of me exploring that and fully shifting over, which is a big thing to do, changing your name and getting rid of all of the stuff you've worked towards prior as a songwriter and just starting from scratch and saying, well, I hope this works coming to a city where nobody knows who I am and saying, you should listen to this, you know, but why? And hoping that something comes from that. Uh, and I, and anime dream queen is, I think just, it, it stands for that for me, regardless of the song itself. Although I do think the song is fun and, and cool. Available on all streaming services at this moment. Yes. Yes. When except did you release for, it? Last well, summer? Uh, last last March. I did. Wow. So it's almost coming what up to the year. one year anniversary of the song. Um, I remember when it first came out. I think yeah. I just met you. Yeah. Or like I'd met you two weeks prior to it coming out. What did you think? 
Um, well, because I had no context for who you were, I thought, oh, this is Grant. This is nice. This is definitely more pop, I think, than how he presents himself in person because your ability as a keyboard player is just so remarkable. Well, thank you. That's one of the first things people say about you is, oh my gosh, he plays the keys and I envy your, even, you know, as a self-accompanying singer, I envy your soloing abilities. So it's not to say that there's a reduction of your persona in real life that a person only can get like a glimpse of from Dream Queen, but it's definitely, I think it all, it leaves me knowing that he's got so much to give. This is just like the beginning. Like if you want to gain traction, if you want to establish yourself in a appealing pop culture, middle tier Mm -hmm. way, strong way to go, strong way to start, and I thought when we were explaining how you're trying a new style, it's like trying a new haircut. Yeah. You know, like up to the point that you, I've always had long hair. I've always had a buzz cut. I'm going to shave it all off. And I'm still me, but I'm going for this whole new look. And I hope, you know, it doesn't undo years and years of personality <laughs> I've established with my peers and sure. family. But uh, Sure. So. You, either you have to get rid of, just in general, you have to get rid of... Uh, the fear that people are going to think differently of the core of who you are based on what's one, one shift in presentation, um, creatively. And that could be a haircut or it could be, could be musically. Cause if you're too, if you're too scared of that, obviously you're not going to take any risks. You're not going to do anything fun. And I appreciate you, um, talking about my, my actual instrumental, uh, love and like my, my, um, joy of playing piano, live piano. Um, I think that is something that I want to get back to incorporating into bed fashion mm. um, songs. I think Anime Dream Queen was the start of a different style, but I agree. I don't think it shows everything that I'm completely capable of as a musician. And there's always a little bit of nuance and there's always like you want to use discretion in what you throw into a tune because you can't throw everything into sure. a song. If everybody did that, every band would be Steely Dan. <laughs> and we don't need we don't need a bunch of Steely Dan's. You know, Steely Dan's already Steely Dan. Uh-huh. Uh, so trying to find different songs to showcase different parts of me that I appreciate and that I think other people would enjoy listening to is part of the fun of songwriting in mm. general because every song doesn't need to show 100% of who I am because humans aren't just black and white. Humans are... You know, they're, they're made up of so many different colors and so many different parts of their lives that they enjoy and yeah. love to give attention to and taking individual songs for maybe 5% of who I am and making that 5%, 100% of a song. That's a really fun experiment and really fun thing to do. I'm pretty inspired by that. I think I'm definitely one of that falls guilty to trying to incorporate everything. It can be a huge stumbling block in making anything happen because you're like, I didn't, I didn't cover this part and this melody isn't quite up to par for what I, but that's really awesome. But I'm going to take that and it helps to have good producers as well. Like working, I work with, um, two individuals, uh, Jimmy Mansfield and Paul Rogers at red giraffe studios in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And they are phenomenal. They're wonderful people who are great at telling me no. Hmm. For example, uh, in lay low, there's a saxophone solo Yes, and it's a good saxophone solo. And I had to fight for that saxophone solo. I think it fits. To be incorporated? Yes. I think it fits. I think it's wonderful. They did, when when they were like, okay, you're going through with this, they did everything they could as producers to help me 
find the best saxophonist they could to play the best saxophone solo for that song. And I think it turned out really well. I'm very proud of it. Um, Who plays saxophone on that song? Uh, don't ask me that question. Okay. I'll tag him Beep, on editing. Instagram recently. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'll tag him. I'll tag him on it. He was a buddy of theirs. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, he, he said he, when I, when I asked who he was, he, they said he didn't do interviews. So, um, yeah, secret phenomenal sax player uh, out there in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, who I will give a shout out on my story very soon as a way of apology for not remembering their name. Um, but I also want a saxophone on Anime Dream Queen. And you wanted one? I want a saxophone on Anime Dream Queen. And I had trumpet originally when I'd written the song Waco, I had trumpet on there. And there's no saxophone in Anime Dream Queen for the better. There's no trumpet huh. on Waco. Uh, instead you have a really badass strings, uh, ensemble, yes. cello ensemble arrangement out front and at the end that kind of ties it into a neat storybook thing. And that's wonderful. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's cause it, like I said, you don't need to throw everything in and it helps to have people tell you no. <laughs> did you compose that, that string? No, I did not. No. And I think that's another, uh, I had, I had composed the horn part for that I had written originally for the song and, uh, I had the opportunity to compose the string part and my producer, uh, Paul just basically said, listen, we, we, ha we know someone who will has studied this. Okay. We'll do a better job. And that's another interesting point we could talk forever about, which is when as an artist, if you're collaborating on a creative project, when it's okay to let somebody else who knows what they're doing, like take creative control to make the piece the best it could be. Uh, I guess you have to trust to a, certain degree that you're comfortable with their intentions with getting involved and then you know. that's true yeah that's true um if this guy wanted to write a cello ensemble part so that he could get closer to me and steal my bank account information or murder my family then i think i'd be less inclined to have a cello intro on waco an outro so very good points yeah <laughs> well yeah i guess that is something we could talk about Forever. By the way, off the recording, I'm going to do five more minutes of this and then we'll let you sing three okay. songs. Cool. Um, so being sponsored by Mozart's, I have to bring this up. What's your favorite coffee beverage? What's your favorite coffee cafe, coffee shop beverage? I'm... Doesn't have to be coffee. No, I'm so, I'm so simple. Um... I love I love trying out just the drip coffee, the dark roast coffee of wherever I go, or an Americano. I don't add anything to it. I take it black. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm a freak, uh, <laughs> and I love it. If I'm gonna go for something fancy, if I'm gonna go for something that's not just black coffee, um, I'd say a London Fog, but Ooh, instead it. of vanilla, I like to get caramel, the caramel syrup mm. instead of it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, for the sake of time, I'm going to marry these two questions into one. Okay, and I'll speak really fast. Just Bugs Bunny this for us. <laughs> okay. So, I guess it's a... You can choose which part you want to emphasize in your answer. The moment you were like, I must pursue music, and how that affected you moving to Austin. Yeah, um... Probably I, a long answer. I, can, I, I, I think I can get it. Uh, 
in, 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 in short, you know, I've mentioned several times in this interview, my, my lack of self-confidence and how I dress myself, you know, growing up. And uh, there are a bunch of other self-esteem issues as well. And uh, feeling like a lonely high schooler, it's not original to, to me. I'm sure other people in high school felt lonely, but never. I, <laughs> I, um, I, I remember staying after school late, waiting for my parents to pick me up. And the chorus teacher, we're supposed to leave campus, but the chorus teacher would let me come into her room and play her piano. Mm. And one of the other teachers at the school heard me playing piano, uh, Ken Simpson. And he's like, I've got an artist for you. And he gave me a musician uh, named Jamie Cullum. Mm-hmm. And I went back home and I had my little CD player and it was late in the evening and I was supposed to be in bed, but I snuck it and I put it in. And I remember from like the first note that I heard and like from the first song that I heard, it wasn't particularly deep, but I was like, this is ex- exactly the music I want to hear. Yeah. This, I feel less alone in this world because somebody else is making something that I felt other people should be making. Wow. And I didn't voice it out loud. I never had to voice it out loud. Somebody else made it. You just knew. And that feeling was such a powerful, it was such a powerful moment for me. And I think for so many people, if they can identify moments where they felt less alone, it's intoxicating and it's it's warm and you hold on to it. You don't forget those moments. Hmm. And uh, just kind of exploring as as that happened and I explored my gifts as a person, found what brought me joy and realized I had a knack for music and uh, a, a little bit of a talent for it, I, I realized that that's what I wanted to do as well, is I wanted to make music unique to me uh, for other people who were some 15-year-old kid, lonely, waiting for Anime Dream Queen to come onto their Spotify Discover Weekly and then feel a little bit less alone. Mm. Uh, so that, that's the answer to that question in a short, short version. How I moved to Austin, completely accidental. More of me just following that path, which I would say is how I've gotten everywhere so far. And we'll see where else it takes me. But um, just being able to say yes to opportunities when they come, understanding that, especially as a musician, there's no set route. You have to be ready to pivot. You have to be ready to go where you need to go um, and do what you need to do all while maintaining the confidence that this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Which that's the that's the tricky part. And I hadn't re-signed my lease uh, in Georgia and then COVID hit, couldn't find a place to live. And a buddy of mine had moved back to Georgia from Austin and was complaining about needing to sublease mm, an I apartment. Guess. I remember that. So I said, well, all my gigs have dried up. I need to record. I need a home. I can do that anywhere. And I just kind of moved to Austin. And that's the part of like, just going where you need to go to, sur- to survive. Um, where the core of believing this is what you're supposed to be doing comes in is I said, well, I'm here in Austin and I have a very strong feelings of what I'm supposed to be doing on this planet as a person. So I, I just need to start doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing on this planet as a person in Austin. Yeah. And through that, I was able to meet you, was able to spend time at Mozart's late at the lake and perform there. what, who, I mean... Probably not, but begging the question, you might. Do you remember what made you go to Mozart's the first time? Was it a friend? Were you like, I'd heard of it. They have music there. This is this is a little this is a little silly. Okay. Um, I had come to Austin. Uh, I want to say around September, and like three months in there, I saw like a Christmas light show. Oh yes. And or saw it like being set up, and I said by this time next year, I want to be 
playing on that stage during the Christmas light show. That's hilarious. Um, that's exactly so saw, what made me want to go there too. That's that is hey Mozart's Christmas light show. That it's great and Steinway. good job. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly, exactly that's, the Steinway. People are like, is it real? How did they even have Stein? <laughs> no, and he so not I, I um I saw the open mic as an opportunity to kind of show the people who book for Mozart's. Don't point. I have to edit that. <laughs> okay. I just shy away from Sorry. that knowledge. Sorry. The, the, show the people who booked it. So I saw uh, <laughs> Late at the Lake as an opportunity to uh, perform in front of the people who booked for Mozart's. And, whoever um, they may be. Yeah, whoever. Uh, whoever they may be. And um, ideally, I wanted to do well enough there at the open mic that they could you know, give me a chance at one of their weekend you know, sets or weekday sets. And as I did that and um, connected with the, the pe many fine, wonderful people who come to Mozart's Coffee, uh, I got into the Christmas Light Show and I was able to play it this past Christmas. So well, that's really cool to know that that was on your radar from so long ago. Yeah. And whoever was involved had no knowledge <laughs> yeah. of that being on your, yeah. on your dream list. So it's it it pretty neat. Happy ending. Yeah. And it's just beginning. Yeah, there's so many more Christmases to come. <laughs> well, on that note, what three songs are you going to play for us tonight? Oh, gosh, three songs. Yes. Um, I'll play a little bit of Anime Dream Queen. I'll play a um, song I wrote called Moments Between. Ooh. Um, maybe I'll write a song on the spot. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I'll let the last one be a surprise. And... You guys, the true fans, can, if it ever release it later, come back to this moment and say that's the one. That was the first time. Well, where can we find you playing next in Austin? Yeah, um, depending on <laughs> whenever this goes out. Uh, Assume mid-April. Book that far ahead. If anybody, uh, if anyone knows Joanna and Stephen's wedding, I'll be playing there. That's the furthest I have booked out on my calendar at the moment. But That's great. you do have many uh, new original songs to look forward to coming out on Spotify, uh, where you can find me at Bed Fashion or Instagram Bed Fashion Music. Um, I dabble. Make sure they can find you. The people need to find you. Yeah, please, um, because I'm so lost. <laughs> well, we're happy to have found you here, yeah, Rand. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, let's get you uh, situated at the piano. Sure thing. Hi, I'm Bed Fashion. This is my unreleased song, Moments Between. She likes life on the edge. She eats in everything. They go in bed. She likes variety, Spice not the magazine, and she thinks I'm better off dead. So we're stuck inside a car, getting dandruff in a coffee, while my mind's back at the bar, where I'm trying to get her off me. I swear, I swear, it's the moments between. I care, I care, what a moment can mean. She says, oh, he's a bitch She doesn't really care about her first kiss She died for royalty, Earl Grey, a guillotine And she thinks that swearing lacks wit 
So we're stuck inside a car Getting dandruff and a coffee While my mind's back at the bar Well, I'm trying to get her off me I swear, I swear It's the moments between I care, I care What a moment can mean Making faces at the moon Wearing earrings that I bought her Taking trips to Idaho To respect somebody's daughter I can't, I can't What a moment can't mean I swear, I swear Is the moments between I think she's into me Songs in the key of D And she thinks I'd make a good mom So we're stuck inside a car Getting dandruff and a coffee While my mind's back at the bar Well, I'm trying to get her off me I swear, I swear It's the moments between I care, I care What a moment can mean Making faces at the moon Wearing earrings that I bought her Taking trips to Idaho To respect somebody's daughter I care, I care What a moment can mean I swear, I swear It's the moments between Taking trips to Idaho Dandruff and a coffee Making faces at the moon This is Anime Dream Queen As it was originally written I live moments like this Looking for someone special And I've tried I'm not equipped So many endless freckles I know it's better to show Maybe I just can't say Just what it means to want you A thousand miles away And she don't like it when I talk to her friends But I'm in love with the best one Blue hair and her bangs won't quit I know future investment I love it when we talk down low Turn the lights out in Tokyo I'm hip to the scene and I'm a dream queen But where do I go? Midnight, metro's alright Making your way through the city don't want to start any fights But girl, you look so damn pretty But you cute in your thigh high boots Drive any boy insane And eyeshadow goes great With neon lights and rain Oh, she don't like it when I talk to her friends But I'm in love with the best one Blue hair and her bangs won't quit I know it's a future investment I love it when we talk down low Turn the lights out in Tokyo Hip to the scene and a major queen. 
where do I go? Oh, now I've been sad and lonely. Maybe you could show me exactly where I cross the line. Maybe just this weekend I'll go off the deep end Try it out and speak my mind uh, I love it when we talk down low Turn the lights out in Tokyo She don't like it when I talk to her friends But I'm in love with the best one Blue hair and her things won't quit I know it's a future investment I love it when we talk down low Turn the lights out in Tokyo I'm hip to the scene and a may dream queen But where do I go? Uh-oh This is uh this is my song Knives previously unreleased All of these songs sung maybe an octave lower than they would be if my nose weren't so runny. So cold, torn asunder after midnight, wearing someone else's clothes, broken footsteps, blood red on cobblestone. That's the moment when you lose control. Hard and bloody nose. 
past the moment when you lose control. I begin five letters scraped into her skin. One word will all of her lies. Whirling knives of indecision make yourself one more incision. Tally up with long division. You can't be loved without precision. the more 